You're listening to the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class and the exceptional life strategist for those men who know there's a lot more to life than just that daily grind. This episode, I'm going to be honest, is jam-packed full of value. I used to have the belief that cash was king and borrowing and credit was not something I wanted to get into. However, after recording this episode, it has put a newfound faith into credit and how the importance spans outside of just the ability to grab money. So stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Man of Class podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Stephen Blanchard, who has been a buddy uh, over the past couple of years, and we've actually been in a mastermind together. And I'll let Stephen introduce himself as far as who you help, how you help them, and we can just jump right into today's topic. So, Stephen, please. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Um, appreciate you inviting me on to your show. Um, it's an honor and privilege, man, to be a part of something as, as big as this. And uh, I won't steal, you know, too much of your thunder. I know this is going to be a great uh, podcast episode today. So for the folks that are listening, uh, my name is Stephen Blanchard. Um, I was invited onto the show to speak about my credit repair company. Um, been in business, um, you know, actually going on close to a year and a half. Um, I've been able to, you know, help uh, individuals restore their credit, rebuild their credit, um, and do phenomenal things, um, you know, with their credit in that process or even after the process. So um, a little bit about myself from Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach, born and raised right there by the ocean. Now currently uh, living in the uh, good old cold place of Ohio. And uh, that's kind of <laughs> where me and, me, and, me and you met, Eric. So yep, um, just appreciate you, man. You know, obviously, I'll probably answer a lot of questions that you want to ask me about credit today. So that's my little my little story. I'll be uh, and Eric. I got a surprise for you today. As a matter of fact, that Mark doesn't even know. Um, Ooh, I like so surprises. No, and a lot of people don't know. So by the time people hear this, it's already going to be out there. Um, number one, this is not the surprise, but I'll actually be married. Um, just solidified um, the wedding venue August twenty first of next year. Um, nice. So Eric, look out for an invite. Um, you and the fam. And then the second surprise is um, there will be an additional uh, body or baby yeah. to the family soon. Yeah, man, she's that pregnant, so man. Awesome, so, man. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we just found out, just found out a, a little over a month ago. So, yeah, thank you, man. Nice. I appreciate it. Nice. Yep. Very, very cool. That's yep, yep, so yep. awesome, man. There, there's so much love goes out to you and your family because that's – having Lily just recently um, – I, I guess recently. She's 14 months. But – you know, it's, it truly is, it truly is a game changer. And she, um, so yeah, that, that new baby phase is, is awesome. So super yes. congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. And I got to hear out before Mark, so that's going to be even better. So I can't wait. Yeah, to, nobody. You know. I literally, it's only maybe less than 10 people I've told. So you're one of the select, I figured since I'm on the podcast, why not? So that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's, let's jump right into credit, man. Um, so, you know, the season, you know, season two is all around the lessons from a pandemic. Uh, frankly, a lot of people, 
I mean, nobody's really had lived through this. COVID has taken everybody by storm. Some people are hit very marginally. Some people have been devastated. And one of the things when we look back at ways that we can kind of become stronger out of, uh, out of a pan- pandemic is around finances. And, Absolutely. you know, finances and credit kind of goes hand in hand. And so, you know, the first obvious question is, you know, Stephen, why is credit so important? Okay. Um, I will say this, man. I believe that credit is important for numerous reasons. Um, we do live in a society where we are, you know, marketed to basically go in debt, right? That a lot of these companies or these large organizations, even small organizations, are now forming their um, their philosophies and their roles around getting people into debt. So when we're talking about credit, um, it's something that's inevitable. It's something that you know, I personally believe that can take you further places that cash can. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm a huge Dave Ram. I literally probably have every freaking Dave Ramsey book. Um, but <laughs> which I, Dave Ramsey is the anti debt? Yes, I mean when I say anti, like he doesn't even have a credit score. So um, I learned. A, I will say this: I learned a lot of lessons from him. But actually, you know, now maintaining and establishing my own personal credit. Um, I think that going through my new phase, I've kind of changed my belief on cash is king. Um, mm-hmm. But credit is important for numerous reasons, man. It could be as simple as you getting a, a government security clearance. And the reason why I bring it, I had a, a client call me today about her clearance is going to be coming up soon for her to get reevaluated and her credit is shot. So if it's not together, she won't pass, right? She won't be able to get the clearance that she needs. Wow. Um, it can be important as, in regards to you know, landing you a good job. These jobs now are starting to check people's credit and say, hey, if your credit isn't good, you might not be a good employer. Um, Your credit score Mm. is is honestly just a report card of how you pay your bills. That's all it is, right? The better the credit, they assume that you pay your bills on time. Um, you're, You're very prioritized. And if you don't have good credit, they just assume that you don't take care of your bills. You really don't manage your time or your, your responsibilities wisely. And that's why you can get denials. Um, mm-hmm. It's even in, as, as important to, you know, getting a, renting a home, right? Going to get an apartment. If your credit is not together, they won't let you live there. Why? Because they're assuming that you won't pay your rent on time. So it's a direct reflection of how you handle your finances. Um, and I think what goes hand in hand with credit is also budgeting the money or the income that you currently make as well. So I have never met a person that has excellent credit, but is very, very, very bad with money, if that makes sense, for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just important, man, in everything that we do in life, everything. And it's and it's really interesting because I, I didn't even know that as far as the government clearance and just mm-hmm. within employers, it's it's in, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a surprise, right? As you go into different industries, hiring and, and retaining is a tricky thing. Yep. Um, you know, I, people are getting better at interviews. It used to be that if you interviewed really well, then that was a really good fit. You had those experience. Well, the questions that people ask anymore are very stale. So people can yep. ace an interview and then they get in on day one and they can't manage anything. And then everyone's sitting there going, why, you know, why did we hire this person? And so companies, yep. like you had just said, they're getting more creative in yep. what are secret ways, and I say secret, but it, I know it's not, <laughs> but it's like, what are, what are unique ways that we can look at people through different lenses to figure out whether or not they're going to be a good fit? You know, exactly. How well can they handle their finances? 
And yep. even somebody, you know, to the point of having a ton of cash, if your credit is bad, no one, no one has your bank account. So no one's going to be like, oh, he's got, you know, $1,000 or $10,000 or $100,000 in the bank, but they can't yep. access your credit score. And so that's why sure. it's so important. Even if you pay with cash with everything, it is still important to have a credit score because in some ways, like you said, it's, it's the trustworthiness. Absolutely. And there's ways that, and, and honestly, your, your personal credit score is very private um, as opposed to business credit scoring, which is public information. But your credit score, all it is, is comprised of data or data for some people. Um, mm -hmm. The more data or data that you have out there available to you, the easier it is for um, a, a company to know who you are. And I'm going to give you a prime example. Why do you think that sometimes if you apply for a credit card or a car and they have those security questions, right? They say, um, we see that you have an auto loan established in 2011. What is the, you know, estimated monthly payment for that loan? And they give you like all those four options or they give you like these three or four security questions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now think about it. How do they know this stuff about you if you never put in your social? It's all because of the data that's already out there on you. Yeah. And that's why. So even when it comes to like credit repair, I used to have to ask my clients for their entire social. I don't have to mm -hmm. do that anymore at all. All I need is the last four because that last four is a unique number, obviously. Um, and then they just compare that to the data that's already out there. So being that we're in a, in an arena of we're going forward with technology, everything is done through the Internet versus manually on paper. Mm -hmm. We're just putting our, we're just exposing ourselves more and more and more and more to where we're building like this artificial person of ourselves. And anything you want to know about somebody, man, you can find out with no problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's getting to, and it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky slope. Cause then some people are like, well, I'm going to be anti-internet, but that's just like the same late. thing of saying like, I'm just going to, oh, A, it's too late, but B, like, let's say I'm just going to pay everything with cash. Well, that's not, that's you're still going to hurt yourself because if you yep. pay with cash, you may not have any records, but they're still going to look at yep. your record. So if you don't, yep. you know, it's like there is no innocent until proven guilty. It's you're guilty yep. until you prove innocence. So if yep. you always pay with yep. cash, you're going to have a really horrible credit score. Even if you're the yep. most frugal, you know, best savvy type yep. person, your credit is very important. So it's, it's Absolutely. a tricky sword where it's like you, you don't want to create this identity out in the, um, out in the ether, but in the same time, you kind of need it in order to just exactly what we just talked about jobs or uh, applying for credit, or maybe you're starting a business and you yes, what we talked about it's if interest rates are so low and you can actually make money on, you know, your savings or your investing, investing, then yeah, it's better to be able to move faster with credit and be able to and pay that off while your yep. investments are growing as opposed to using your own cash. Yeah, I mean, it can, it can come down to this, and you're absolutely right. It can come down to, hey, Eric, you got $50,000 in cash in the bank, and you don't want to use that 50000 because, you know, you say cash is king, and you're like, oh, I want to just move over to credit. I need a business loan. I need a personal loan, but you right. don't have any credit established, right? Mm -hmm. Without a credit score, they're going to automatically deny you, Right. you know? You're going to go through a lot of herps, uh, you know, hurdles and hoops to, to at least get any type of money that you want, but if your credit is great, you don't have to worry about any of that, so. Yeah. And it's, and it's a shame because we don't really, I say the general public, even I myself didn't know all the stuff that we just talked about, but it's, I mean, yeah. I can see it making more sense and clicking, but it's the same thing as, you know, finance was never taught in school. Same thing with credit. Credit's never really taught yeah. in school. All yeah. I knew growing up was if there's a bill, you pay it. 
Um, That's it. it. And so in this case, it worked out well, <laughs> that piece of yeah. advice. But in a lot of times, if you didn't know, or it was, you know, people can get into trouble pretty quickly. So what are some of the areas that you found that good people, right? Good people that may have you know, control in their budget and control and everything may have slid into some credit issues very quickly. I would say people that are really good with their income or their, their budgeting, um, they may have fallen victim. When it comes to credit, they may have fallen victim to um, high revolving balances. And I'm just speaking on from what I've seen from a lot of my clients. Really good. Don't need me for credit repair, but their credit card utilization is very, 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 very high, which drags down your score because your uh, utilization on your card is about 30, it represents about 30% of your credit score. So I okay. think that's one of the big things that I could see people um, fall victim to. And that's, so that's an interesting point. What makes up the additional 70%? Since you said it's all, all right. based around data, 30% is credit card usage. What, what yep. makes up the rest of that pie? All right. So the way it works is 10% is new credit, right? So getting that new credit card, getting that new store card, maybe taking out an installment loan, um, just anything that's new, right? Just, it's just a 10% mix on that. 15% is the length of your credit history. So believe it or not, um, and this is why older folks who have established credit um, from anything that they've had, you know, from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, the age of your credit history plays a big part in your scoring model. And that's why you see older folks with higher credit scores like 700 and 800 um, because they've had their length of their history is a lot longer than somebody, you know, that just opened up a credit card three, you know, three years ago. Um, so that's 15% of your credit score. Um, the other 10%, another 10% is a credit mix. And what I say by mix, I'm talking about revolving lines of credit, credit cards, and, and so on and so forth. Um, installment loans like your um, mortgage loan or your car loan. Um, and then there's a couple of other mixtures that you can throw in there as well. Um, but the main two are going to be, you know, those revolving and uh, that installment loan. So that's 10% there. Um, and you also have um, the 30%, which is the amounts owed, right? So just talking about your utilization um, and how you manage that. But the biggest thing that I actually tell my clients, because most people would assume that the more, you know, accounts that are in collections it is what hurts you the most. And it's partially true. The biggest thing that hurts you, which is 35% of your credit score, is payment history. So I've had people that have had... 700 credit score, 750, 800, even 650 and whatnot, and you make one late payment, it can drop your score. I mean, I've seen people score drop 100 points because they made one late payment, just one. Wow. Um, and I always, I always tell my clients, even people that don't work with me, if all you have is the minimum payment, I don't care how you get it, scrape it off the ground, find a neighbor, friend, relative, pay the minimum payment because if you let it go 30 days late, it will ding your credit and your score will drop. And believe it or not, Eric, getting late payments off your credit, it's not hard, but it's harder than actually getting a collection account that's reporting and accurately removed because you still wow. actively, have, actively, actively have the account and you have to reach out to the original creditor and say, hey, I went through a crisis. I forgot to pay you know, my bill, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, unfortunately, we understand, but we're not we're, we're not going to correct your late payment. And that late payment will hurt you for the next two years. Wow. It's yep. like getting like points on your record or points on your driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. It dings you, man, really, really bad. And when it comes to late payments, um, and then some people believe that, 
oh my gosh, I forgot to pay my credit card bill that was due, you know, July 25th, right? And they think that it's going to go on the credit report. So Eric, I'm pretty sure you may notice, but I'll educate for the, those people that are listening. Um, it doesn't affect you until you go 30 days outside of paying that bill. So let's just say you had a, a bill that was due on July 25th and you didn't pay it. It's not now you'll pay a late fee with whatever company that is, but it's not going to be on your actual credit report. It doesn't hit your credit report until you don't make, if you don't make that payment until August the 25th, it will show 30 days late. But let's say you pay it August the 15th, you'll pay a late fee with them, probably pay some interest charges or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it won't reflect on your credit report. But the moment that you go 30 days late outside of that bill date, that's when it hurts you. Wow. Okay. Actually, I didn't know that because it's, it's interesting. There's, it, we've talked to, you know, even great people can fall into traps. There were times, especially, <laughs> so having a young child, right? When, when the child's yep. born and you become sleep deprived, making sure all the bills are still paid. I mean, auto pay is, is a great option some places still don't have that set up yet. And so mm -hmm. you still have to cut that check or you still have to pay whatever that it is. And I had noticed that, you know, we had to redo a system here in the household just to be able to make sure that even in times when, you know, both Amber and I are dogged out tired, that we still make yep. sure that we're on top of it. But, um, and so that's a good thing to know, right? Even if you have that, there is that 30 day grace period, you'll pay the interest and the fees on whatever it is. But just yep. exactly what you said, even if it's a minimum payment, make sure that you do that because yep. otherwise you're going to get hit and you're going to be working your tail off to try to get back to a credible, you know, get back to where you were even ground. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, and let's face it, the, you know, the pandemic has been, it's been very cruel to some and it's been very spotty to others. And yep. I, I know we've talked about this where we've, you know, with all the stimulus and everything else that's been kind of coming in, it's sort of allowed people to, to float for a while. Yep. But I know right now there's a big conflict. Are they, or are they not going to extend the unemployment payments? Mm -hmm. And if all of a sudden people were used to having that extra cash come in and that goes away, or all of a sudden as cases go up and places start shutting down, I mean, we, the airlines are still way, way down in yep. where they're at. And so that's going to be a longer term. Some industries are bouncing back sooner. Other industries are going to be out for a while, which means layoffs yep. may be more permanent. Um, yep. It's even more important to kind of have sort of this what if scenario back then. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. No, I, agree, what, um, I agree. What are some of the strategic things that, that you found in your clients just preparing for some of the stuff, preparing for some of that uncertainty as you, as we think of whether COVID is, is coming back or whether some things are going to be slower to, to open. Um, as far as their income and finances, in, in, income finances, and just sort of keeping an eye on their credit, maybe, you yeah. know, maybe uh, checking more often than, than what you normally would be just again, not yep. knowing how creditors are refinancing. I know that's a big piece yep. right now because interest rates are, are reduced in homes and cars. And so a lot yes, of people are, are using that as a, you know, getting the stimulus money coming in and, and kind of upgrading, you know, using that as an yep. opportunity while interest rates are low. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple of different things, man. I'll just speak on when it comes to your credit and your finances. Number one, always have an emergency fund of cash because um, mm -hmm. anything can happen, right? Your, your credit cards can be turned off. And I'll give you guys an example. Um, when, April hit. Um, I had a Wayfair credit card. 
um, that I opened up about four years ago. I had a Overstock credit card. And it's funny because I never used the Overstock card. I've never purchased anything on my Overstock card. And I actually, and maybe we could talk about this later in the episode. Um, I actually, Eric, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually um, did what they called a shopping cart trick. So this particular way, I was able to avoid the hard pool um, for getting these cards. And obviously I got approved. I started with very, very, very small limits. Make a long story short, I kept doing credit limit increases. I got my Wayfair credit card up to a $9,000 available limit. I got my uh, Overstock card to a $7,000 available limit. Now my Wayfair one, I did use it quite often. I think the maximum balance I ever had on it was maybe like 800 bucks. And I just always just, you know, paid it off. Um, mm-hmm. When I purchased my home last year, um, I actually didn't use wait. I didn't use my card at all. So I got I closed on my home in March and uh, you know, a year went by um, in, in April of this year, 2020. And I got a notification that um, it, cause they both use community bank. So community bank is a large distributor of a lot of these store retail cards. So anyway, um, they closed my account, they closed my Wayfair account and they closed my Overstock account. And of course I'm panicking like, why the heck is my account closed? So I call and they're like, well, it's closed due to inactivity. Um, and I tell my clients this all the time. Use your, if you don't plan on using it, maybe once a month, once every couple months, just, you know, put some money on it, pay it off or whatever. But these two particular cards I didn't use and I honestly almost forgot about them and they closed the cards out. And the way it works is you can't, um, excuse me, you can't. Um, have them open it back up. You have to reapply. And when you reapply, there's no guarantee you're going to get that limit that they closed me at. So that just goes to show you like at any time, especially now mind you, this is right in the smack middle of the pandemic. At any Mm -hmm. time they can close your card. They can even reduce the available limit on your card. If they see that you have a $10,000 credit card, but your pat, your two year history shows that you only use about $700 of it or $1,500 was your, your highest limit they can reduce your card down to a $2,000 limit. And what happens? It affects your credit and your score goes down because your available credit is not there. So, you know, just having that cushion of cash first um, Mm -hmm. while working on your credit. Now, this is going to be the other side to it. I would definitely suggest you do credit limit increases. Um, One of the secrets of building your credit fast um, is not not relying on the the creditor um, or the card issuer to increase your credit. Uh, your credit limit. Um, some people do that. They say, oh, well, I've had this card for two years. I'm just waiting for them to give me a credit limit increase. It doesn't work like that. Now, sometimes they'll see your pattern and like, oh, this customer has been with us for a while, so we'll increase it. But the way I learned is you do a credit limit increase every 60 to 90 days. That's how I was able to have credit card limits of, I have one that's like 31,000, one that's 20,000. And um, I got a couple on that are like in the, in the 10,000s range or whatever. Um, because I do credit limit increases all the time. I wish I could show you guys a video. I actually just did one recently. I have a Victoria's Secret card, and I do that every 90 days or whatever. But um, it's really easy to do, but that's why that button is available on the website or even on their app. Um, and in the credit industry, we call that the love button. Um, so every 60 <laughs> to 90 days, you go you go press the love button, right? Go and hit the love sometimes, button. Yep. Sometimes they'll, um, they'll ask you, you know, what's your requested limit? And then sometimes... They won't. They just, you know, you hit the button. They say, oh, we've increased your card from 1000 to 1500 um, But to answer your question, man, I would say in the midst of this pandemic, man, definitely make sure that you keep your balances below 29%. Make sure you're using your cards and just keep your credit limits as high as you can just in case something may happen. But on the flip yeah. side of that, I will say this. For those of you that are listening and you are currently 
currently you have a nine to five or you have a job or career that you like and you love and you don't plan on leaving anytime soon, I will say this. I would highly recommend with all of the resources we have available today in 2020, start a business. It could be a side hustle. It can be whatever. There's so many resources out here for us to be able to make extra income, whether it's an extra $500 a month, an extra $1,000 a month, whatever the case may be, start that business. That's what I will mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's again, an interesting, um, interesting concept because even, I like what you said, even if you have a W2 and you're nine to five and you love it, doesn't mean that that place will always love you. And yep. I know again, in this pandemic, that's actually one of the things, you know, one of the lessons is, and I think I've got an episode that is going to be towards the tail end, which is how to become invaluable to where, wherever you are, because yep. that's super critical because just even if you love your job, that doesn't mean that you're always going to have that job. Yep. And um, it, you could tomorrow all of a sudden be finding yourself saying, Hey, everything's you know great and wonderful. And then all of a sudden it, boom, the chopping block comes and now you're sitting there going, well, shoot, now I need that credit. Now I need that savings. Now I need all that stuff that I never had planned for. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, now you're in sort of an uh uh-oh zone. Yep. Absolutely. I'll pause right here so we can get your food. Okay, Okay. cool. Let me know when we're paused. Uh, I just, I'm just going to edit this whole thing, uh, clip from where it is. So. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Even better. Let me, while I got you here, let me make this quick call for him to bring my food out. And then uh, we should be able to resume. Let's see here. Hopefully it doesn't hang up. Give me a second. So as we think through the importance of, you know, credit, credit obviously having a hand in financial power, where is the best way of finding your credit? You know, we talked about ways of increasing and, and things to watch out for, but where is the best way of, of truly tracking it or being able to, to get a true representation of where that is? Okay. Um, great question, Eric. So this is what I will say. Um, and you know that we as consumers, we like to consume things that are free, right? It's kind of like in, in the app store for iPhones, right? Do we download the apps that cost money or do we download <laughs> the apps that are free, right? So I'm yeah. more somewhere with this. And the reason why I say that is because everybody, I mean, I will probably say, 98 out of, you know, 98% of my customers all come to me and say, oh, I'm looking at credit karma, the infamous credit karma. Um, and believe it or not, man, and you know, when you ask the question of where's the best place to get it, credit karma, I actually like to use as a, as a good resource. I don't okay. use it for my dispute options um, as far as the software that I use, but it does give you a good glimpse at what's on your credit. And Eric, I don't know if you know this, but credit karma is not a credit monitoring site. It's actually a marketing company. They are 100% a marketing company because they gather your data, they use vintage scores, but what they do is this data that they have on you from Equifax and TransUnion, um, they use that against you to try to sell you credit cards and loans. Now, these other these major companies out here, like your American Expresses, your Capital Ones, your One Main Financial, all these other companies out here that you do see available on your Credit Karma, Credit Karma shows you and says, hey, Eric, you, your odds of getting approved are very, very high. You should apply. And what do we do as consumers? They're like, somebody's telling me I can get approved for a credit card? What? Let me do it. Mm-hmm. And guess what we do? We do it, right? And we get approved. Credit Karma gets a commission from these companies 
because they were able to get someone to get their credit card. That's and they know that that consumer is going to use that card and obviously pay interest on it. So they have the ability to pay credit karma that for a customer they would have never acquired in the first place. That's why you really don't see a lot of um, advertisements coming to your mailbox anymore when it comes to applying for a credit card. Now, they still come, um, but everybody has the one thing in their hand, their phone. You're more likely mm-hmm. to apply for a credit card from your phone than you are to go from a paper offer in the mailbox. So, right. Um, so, so credit karma. So, great resource. Um, they use your Vantage scores, which is a different score model that came out in the early 2000s. Um, and people say those scores are not accurate. They are accurate for the scoring model that they're using. Um, but when it comes to making major purchases, credit card issuers, um, lenders for homes, um, lenders for cars. Um, they don't use your credit karma score. They use different scoring models of your FICO. There's like FICO 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. FICO 10 is coming out soon. Um, but they use your FICO score than using your Vantage score. So, but, it, you know, if I were to say where's the best place to get it, um, your accurate scores, I would probably say myfico.com. They do offer a monthly membership. Um, okay. I think it's about 40 bucks a month, but it gives you a glimpse at all three reports, your Experian, your TransUnion, and your Equifax report. Um, great thing about what's going on with the pandemic, though, the credit re- the credit reporting agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, are giving people access to their credit reports for free. Not their scores, but the reports for free. Now, Experian has an app, and I'd recommend you download it even if you don't have it, Eric. Um, they actually give you a free report, and they give you a free Experian score. So most of my clients that do come to me, they use Credit Karma for Equifax and TransUnion. And then they also have the Experian app. Why? Because it's free and they have their Experian score. But most of them that come to me don't know that their Experian score is their FICO score, but their Credit Karma score is their Vantage score. So um, I kind of educate them on stuff like that. But I would definitely say so that's my a way FICO that you can get both your both scores for free. Yeah, for the most part. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which yep. which in some ways right, I can give you somewhat of a balance of just yes. even a checkpoint because yep. you know, it's, it's one of those where you may not be watching it, you know, as, as religiously as whatever, you know, you know, day by day, but it is something right. good as you, as we go through ups and downs and, and yep. just having an, an understanding of where, where is your credit, you know, is yep. it and sort of just like savings account, making sure that you've got a healthy balance, making sure you have, uh, again, right. If we go back to the definition of credit, credit is, you know, in some ways, um, it's a part of your financial power. And so, if you're starting a business or you fall on hard times or whatever else, getting you through that is a that is one tool that you have at your disposal to get you through to whatever you're, you're trying to get through. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, sir. Now, now one of the things that. So there's a lot of, of people that can help with credit. And so I know that's that's what you, what you do. But there's also some power in building other relationships. What are some of those people that are important to, to have a good relationship with just within the whole credit world? And I say credit um, world, but it's it's more consuming than that, right? Credit is just nothing more than a, a loan, if you will, right? It's, right, it's a line right. of... I don't know, but the best way of describing it, but, but it's a whole world that, that you can get into. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I would kind of compare it to relationship building with anything that you do um, with people that you network with. 
Um, they say it takes, you know, on average six people to network the entire world. So when we're talking about building a relationship within the credit industry, um, I always just start with your local bank. Um, if you have been banking with a particular, you know, bank for some time, um, mm -hmm. go to them for your credit needs initially is what I would necessarily say. So if you've been with them, they're more likely to say, hey, you've been with us for a long time. We see you have a checking and savings account with us. Uh, we'll go ahead and issue you a credit card, right? Or we'll go ahead and issue you a personal loan for a car or a personal loan for, you know, any type of needs. And those are the things that will help you out in the long run, um, establishing that relationship. So, um, and it could even be, hey, your credit is not where it's at, but we do have what we call, I can't think of the name of what they called it, but they have secured card programs that kind of gives you like a fresh start. Um, you do have to put mm -hmm. up your own money, but they allow you to have a secured credit card with them. So, and then what, and then what they actually do with the secured credit card is um, they can graduate you as long as they see that you can maintain your credit for a certain amount of time and not have any late payments. They have what they call a graduation date. Um, this is how I got started to where it could be after a year, could be five months, could be two years um, of, of, of good payment history. They'll graduate you to an unsecured credit card. And then that money that you use for that secured credit card, they actually refund it back to you. Hmm. So, yep. Interesting. Yep. Well, and, and I mean, as we know, it's not, it's not just what you know, it's who you know. And building those relationships, whether it's the loan officers at credit unions or just like you said, you know, the, the folks that are working at the bank, building yep. those relationships, especially whether you're looking to – everyone's going to be buying houses. Everyone's going to be buying cars. Uh, whether you choose to start a business or not, Stephen and I definitely have our strong opinions for the four starting a business, but regardless, you're always going to fall on times so where you're going to need to rely or lean on someone. And so definitely the same as, as the support system that you have around you, as well as your financial support system around you and having access to creditors and loan officers and, and who can help, guide you through sort of the do's and don'ts. And yep. I mean, just the amount of value that you've been able to drop in this call alone that has I mean, even awakened my eyes to <laughs> sort of <laughs> credit can be too low, you know? So we talked about credit can be too low. Can credit be too high or is it just yes. an ever growing yes. tree? Okay. Yes. Yes. So believe it or not there, um, sometimes it's, it's, it's a bad thing to have perfect credit. And it's funny because my clients call me they're like, man, I want an 800 credit score. I want an 850. And you know what I tell them every time? I tell them, you don't want that. That's not what you want. And honestly, the, the, the interest rates after you have about a 760 credit score, they don't really change. So I'm going I'm to tell you guys something. When you do have a 820 or 850 credit score, a lot of times banks don't want to do, do business with you. Um, I'll give you guys a story and I'll, and I'll tell you why they don't. Or I'll tell you the, the reason why first. Um, they're not going to make any money on you. They're not going to make any money on you. So why would they loan you the money? Because in their eyes, they're like, you have an 850 credit score. You've never missed a payment in 10, 20, 30 years. You actually, <laughs> you, you actually pay your account balances before the due date to avoid interest, right? So they're not making money on interest. <laughs> so they you don't want to deal with the schemers that are trying to minimize the amount of interest payments that they're making. Yep, exactly. So, um, I, got, I got one story. I actually have two, but I'll share one. I actually, this, this story is relevant. This happened today. Uh, one, of, one of my good friends gave me a call and was telling me about, he, he owns about, I think maybe seven or eight rental properties. 
Um, he owns his own home. I think all his rental properties are paid for, but his, his personal home, um, he doesn't owe that much on. But what he was going to do was he was going to refinance. He's had this house since the 90s. Um, and he was just going to refinance and get a, a lower monthly payment or whatever. Um, so he goes in, he sees that the interest rates are in the 2.5% or so on and so forth. His interest rate when he did purchase his home was at a 5.8 or 5.9. So, of course, nice. he has plenty, a healthy he has, chunk. Yeah, he has plenty of income. This will, he said his payment was going to be reduced from $1,800 a month to down to, I think, $1,000 a month. So, of course, you're saving seven or $800 a month times that yeah. by 12 or whatever. That's a lot of money you're saving. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so his credit score was great. And um, so he goes in and he's like, hey, I just want to you know, refinance. And they actually told him they weren't going to do the loan. Um, and they also wanted numerous of bank statements, pay stubs, rental property, um, you know, payment history and stuff like that. But it's like his credit was so good. They didn't, they were going to, they put him through these hoops and hurdles because they knew they weren't going to make any money off the deal. So they really didn't do it. He went to, he went to another, another lender. Um, but this one, I think this was a relationship he had at his bank um, for years. So mm-hmm. yeah, it sucks, man. Yep. Which, which is, there's a couple of lessons there. One of them is, is just, again, looking at the lens from the other person. So that's very interesting, right? Is it, we think that interest rates are so low and that's a great thing. And, and it is a great thing, but there's also that caveat piece that is if you, um, as you go through and if you're, if you're almost too good, they're going to look at you and say, I'm not really making any money. Yep. on loaning it to you. I'm making money when people miss payments or I make money when, you know, people refinance and refinance and refinance or, or yep. however, all the different ways that they make money. And they may yep. look at you and say, mm, no, I, I'd rather take that hundred K or 200 K, whatever the house was and put it towards something else, you know, mm-hmm. g- give that same money to somebody else that I could actually make maybe 5% back on, yep. even yep. though the interest rates two and a half, but I know because of you know, the 30 year mortgage or, or, you know, the various handles that they have that they'll make more money on that person in the yep. long run. And the yep. second learning that I took away from that was, again, it's very important to not just have one person that you, that's your lifesaver. Shop around. Said differently, right? If, if, you know, you want to be friends with, you know, the loan officer at, at the place that you, um, let's say Huntington, I'm just making up a bank, but you know, at Huntington, it, that may behoove you. It may behoove you to have multiples. So if they say, oh, you know, I can only get you three and a half percent and you're like, but I'm looking online and I see like two and a half. Like, why, yeah. why are you, why are you trying to upcharge me on interest rate? Yeah. And you yeah. go to somebody else and they say, Hey, I can give it to you for two. And you're like, Whoa, okay. Now it, it, and it's, it's all about who, you know, having that's more resources and more people that you have within your, your camp, your circle yeah. of that's being able to learn that's- and lean on. That's it. That's what happened to my good friend of mine. He was purchasing a, a new uh, Range Rover for his wife. He's been banking with this particular bank that I bank with now, and um, you know he, he's had a relationship with them for over ten years. Never missed a payment. He goes, let them know, like, hey, I need, I want to make this purchase for this truck. Here's the, you know, here's the finances on, you know, here's the deal for the truck. I'm going to put down twenty percent payment. I think he put down like twenty. That he's going to put down twenty or thirty thousand, something like that, and then finance the rest. He's been banking with this bank for so long. They actually, they denied him and they didn't give him a reason. So what he did was he shopped around. He found an actual, um, actually, no, the the car lot he was purchasing the car from, um, they told him they would do the deal at 1% interest rate. 
So they looked at his credit That's and they crazy. said, hey, yeah, we'll take you. He was just trying to continue the relationship he already had with the bank. And they denied him. So make a long story short, he ended up getting the, um, the truck through the dealership. And then the bank called him or, um, about two or three months later and said, hey, we see that we made a mistake with you. Um, are you still in the market to buy a car? He said, I don't want to do business with you guys anymore. Yeah. If you're treating somebody like me who's never made a late payment and I have a lot of bunch of products with you and you deny me, you think that I want to do any further business with you? No. And, and that's, and that's a, a, so an important piece there too, is, you know, things can get messed up all the time. And so again, it's, it's even more of an important to kind of know where things are at, right? If you know that your credit's going to be, let's say 750 and they come back and say, oh, you know, it's 600. Is it, is it 600 or, you know, it's, it's always good to just kind of know those things. And again, just know the, know the people be close yep. friends with them, but not too close where yep. you're not willing to, to take your business elsewhere because it's, it's tough for these guys out there. They have a ton of cash and at 1% interest, I, that's insane, right? These interest yeah. rates, it, I've never seen them so low before, but yep. it's great if you can position yourself to capitalize on it. It's not mm-hmm. so great if you're getting denied and having to be upcharged or yep. people don't want to do business with you. Yep. I even give you a quick, I'll even give you a quick, before you ask me the next question, I want to tell you something for the viewers out there listening, uh, for those folks that are business owners uh, or entrepreneurs, and you wanted to take advantage of the SBA loan um, and you got denied or you never even applied. Um, I will say this, it's free money. There's a 30 year loan on it. Um, the interest rate is about 3%. Um, there's no prepayment penalty and your first payment is not due for 12 months. Um, but a lot of folks don't know that they actually do check your personal credit score, but they only check your experience score. So if your experience score is fairly good, you don't have a bunch of collections accounts, um, the better your score, the more money you can borrow. I've, I've helped a couple of clients get anywhere from $2,500 up to forty dollars to $50,000, actually $60,000. Um, hmm. And these are clients of mine personally, and these are some folks that came to me that I never worked in their credit at all. And I always ask them, hey, what does your experience score look like? Let's look at your report first before you apply for this loan because I don't want you to get that denial letter. And um, yeah, they check, they check your personal data. It's not going to, um, it, it is a hard inquiry, right? Um, but then they, they give you this money pretty much, they fund it in the next, you know, four to five business days. So. Mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and that's good to know. And, and maybe we do another segment on uh, business loans. Cause I know that's yeah. something that, especially again, right. It, pandemics can be, some of the most successful companies were born in depressive depressions, yep. recessions, call it pandemic, you know, whatever it, yep. in horrible spots where there was massive need, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, okay. you know, and that's, and that's actually one of the, um, you know, one of the things that we'll get into, which is where are the times that you do the opposite of the trends? be scared when other people are, are greedy yes. and be greedy when other people are scared because yep. there's a lot of power to be had in that yep. and kind of going against the grain, especially in times when there's massive global things happening, like what we've got mm-hmm. going on in 2020. And so yes. that's a big lesson in lessons from a pandemic, you know, what are yes. the things that you can take into? So I think that'll be that let's, let's plan on a part two. Yes. Um, we didn't originally probably have this in, in mind, but I think it, that it's warranted is to have a part two where we get into some of the business loans yes. aspect of it because Perfect. we're getting into a time, and you touched on this before, that it's it's almost 
more risky? Because everyone always used to say, oh, starting your business, starting a business is risky. You know, the, the, this tried and true, get a corporate job, retire from there with a pension and be fat, dumb and happy for the rest of your life. Well, sorry, that's no longer the case. It's actually more risky to have a W-2 only than it is to be able to start a business. And the cost to start a business is so low. Technology, you know, that's one of the, one of the beautiful gifts that, that technology has brought is to be able to start a company anymore. Yep. is really low cost and the tech has become super easy because we have yep. these, these magical devices that can do literally everything. So yeah. I think there's going to be a, a future episode within this season. So stay tuned everyone for the business piece of this and all of the, the business loans, you know, I, I know that's a big subject of the SBA loans and, mm-hmm. and how do we go through there? But, but also thinking of just, if you wanted to start a business and you don't really know where to go, how do I get money? How would I get a $10,000 loan? Because I need that to be able to maybe, you know, rent a building for a few months to set up an office space or something. So yep. we'll, we'll get into that. But before we, we wrap up today, Stephen, first, thank you, because you've, you've shed so much knowledge within the credit world. I've been taking notes feverishly over here. So I, I hope the viewers <laughs> have too, but, and I'll be probably rewatching this again. <laughs> <laughs> just to catch all the notes that I didn't get the first time. Yep. But where can these guys find you? What's um, the best way for them to, you know, you have a website. What's the best way on social yep. to, to connect with you? Yep. Best way to, I'm, I'm very active um, on Facebook. And I also have a website. So if you want to reach me directly, um, you can reach me at my website at www.scoretextusa.com. That's www.score.com. T E C H S U S A dot com. Um, there is a link to, you know, if you want to do, I do free consultations. So feel free to pick my brain about anything. I don't charge for that. Um, second best way to find me is going to be on Facebook. I can be reached on Facebook. Um, just type in Stephen Blanchard. Um, and I'm probably going to be the only Stephen Blanchard that pops up first guy. <laughs> um, either way, man, you know, it, I'm fairly easy to, to catch up with. But CortexUSA.com um, is the best way to contact me. And, and we'll put, and we'll put the links down in the show notes, but that way at least people can, who are listening, that may not be able to, you know, to get to a phone right now to see the show notes. That way they'll be able to still hear what's the best way and that you have the free consultation. And so just think about the amount of knowledge that he was able to drop in less than an hour in so many various different ways. And even not even for somebody who is in trouble, but somebody to make sure that their ship is still going the right path that they don't either get their credit score too high or even too low. So with that, thank you again, Stephen. Thank you everybody for tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode as we continue through our journey of the lessons from a pandemic. So take care, everybody. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show, sir. Absolutely. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. Which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets and you can start living that life right now.